Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I walk a straight line Shackle and chain Oh, gruesome Gertie Is calling my name There is no mercy In this penitentiary Just ask the Hillstream gang Wrangle the three Welcome back to another edition of Bloody Angola podcast. One hundred forty-two years in the making, the complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman, and I'm Woody Overton, and we're back with a we're new back. episode. We're back, y'all, and hey, uh, patrons, thank y'all so much for supporting us. Uh, and as any show does, eventually, we took a what a two week hiatus and. Yeah, we dropped just for patrons yeah, for a yeah. couple of weeks. Right, right. So, but we've had, meanwhile, it's funny, we t- take the little break and we go to number five again. And, you know, we're kind of going viral and bloody Angola. And we won't take much time off, y'all, but uh, um, sometimes, you know, it is what it is. So, that being said, we want to thank everybody and welcome all you new listeners to this edition of Bloody Angola. And what we told y'all, or I've told y'all in every episode of Bloody Angola, is you're always going to get something different. And today's case is really different because while it's not the story's not directly related to Angola, I can tell you it's directly related to Angola. <laughs> all right? And the, the the case is about um, a guy named Casey White, who was a convict, and Vicky White, who was a correction officer. And we're going to get into it, but let me tell you this: the I can tell you, I've seen it. Um, I've arrested people inside the prison for doing it, and what it boils down to is correction officers and in inmates fucking. Yeah, and, and it, it's I mean, you wouldn't think, Jim, that that would happen, but it probably happens more than inmates doing it. You know, uh, uh, I think the convicts use their. That, you know, so, certainly 
some of the people locked up in prison are geniuses, right? And the master manipulators for whatever the crimes may have been. Uh, and then they find that, that weak person, male or female. We've done an episode on Bloody and Gold about the lieutenant who was banging the convicts. Oh, yeah. And, and, and uh, But it happens male and female. And so it's a very real deal inside the prison. I told you, anytime you go behind those gates or the walls, that normal rules don't apply. And it is what it is. Y'all, I've actually seen it. I'll t- tell you one case that really sticks in my head. There was a politician's daughter, and, and, and she was an attractive female, who was a correction officer. Now, naturally, he got her the job, and they gave her a cush job. She was in the canteen. She worked the uh, – you know, where they got all the snacks and shit from. Yep. And so she had an orderly who worked with her when uh, uh, we called him really working her from behind, <laughs> literally. And, and, you know, somebody else had snitched on him. And so we set it up and wait for the opportunity and busted in. And they were butt naked. Um, and he was balls deep. Oh. And so she didn't get arrested because of who she was, but she got, she got fired and he got swung to the working cell block. Oh, so, very nice. But it, it, this story is super, super interesting. And you know what? I told you correction officers, uh, some of the best people in the world. And then some of them that you work with that are worse than inmates. This story is really shows how the human psyche can roll out because you can be the best correction officer for years. And then you sugar turns to shit. Right? That's right. That's right. And this is a good example of it. So as Woody just told you, it's one hell of a story. And the best place to start is to, you know, I want to give you guys and gals an idea of the background of these two subjects that we're going to talk about. And the first one is Casey White, y'all. Now, uh, to call this guy a stone cold killer yeah. would really be putting it mildly. Yeah. Uh, the first thing you notice when you when you see Casey White is his size. He's just flat out a giant of a human the, being, the, uh, like a freaking nature giant. Freaking nature. Uh, six foot nine, weighed three hundred. Six foot. There's nine. not that many players in the NBA that weigh uh, that are six foot nine. There's probably not a bunch of people on Earth, on Earth right? <laughs> that are that are six nine and three hundred thirty pounds. Yeah. And y'all, this ain't. This ain't fat. This is solid prison, prison muscle. muscle yep. And prison muscle, as you've heard Woody talk about many yep. times on Real Life or a Crime, is different yep. than, the, the, than free people you muscle. Can, <laughs> you, can see, you can see somebody. I mean, Jim and I uh, have been here before, and somebody came in to be a guest on the show. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit, that's prison muscle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a t- you spot it right, right. off. And, and that's what he had. And the next thing you'll notice about this guy is his tattoos. Now, he has tons of them, but this isn't your typical, you know, barbed wire. Right. Or if you're in the Navy, you've got a right. an anchor on your bicep or something. These are mostly white supremacist related tattoos. Yep. He was associated with the Alabama based white supremacist prison gang, Southern Brotherhood. Yep. So, you know, not a nice individual. Uh, in addition to being a freaking jolly green giant. And, and we need to cover this one day where we will on prison gangs, different ones, maybe episode on each one. But let me tell you about these, the Aryan based uh, prison gangs. They're like the military. They make yeah. you on, on your yard time. You have to work out. They work out information. They do. They say to themselves, et cetera. So the prison muscle deal, if, if, if you don't work out, 
and you're not swole, they'll beat your ass. And yeah. if you don't do what they order you to do, they'll kill you. But at six foot nine, three hundred and thirty pounds, I bet you he was a shot caller. Oh yeah. And and what we're trying to do here is paint y'all a picture of how intimidating this guy is before you even know even a shred of his criminal record. Now, you may wonder, what's that look like? Well, well get ready for this. Well, uh, in 2006, Casey White was arrested on a domestic violence charge, uh, but Jim, it wasn't his wife. Domestic violence doesn't mean it's your spouse. In this case, he was arrested for beating his mama's ass. Oh, uh, God. Uh, your, his own mother. And four years later, in 2010, he put guilty to attacking his brother another domestic violence right with an axe handle and was sentenced to six years in prison and y'all in in december 2015 mr white went on another crime spree where he tracked down and tried to kill his ex-girlfriend the rampage spanned both alabama and tennessee as he held victims at gunpoint shot one woman in the arm killed a dog he carried out a home invasion and staged multiple carjackings before he was finally captured in a dramatic police chase. Mm. And now this spree unfolded on the morning of December 1st, 2015, when he broke into a home and stole two guns. Later that night, he turned up at his girlfriend's house armed with the stolen guns and opened fire on her and two men inside the home. Didn't even hesitate. He, he had it on his mind. After that, White then broke into another home and stole a man's car and another gun. Okay. And around an hour later, he, he shot another woman in the arm in an attempted carjacking in Tennessee um, before carjacking another person at gunpoint. And this is all the yeah. same freaking weekend. Yeah, he's just rolling. I mean, he's just straight up thug life, right? So, but White was finally captured in a dramatic 100 mile an hour police chase. That ended in a standoff back over the border in Alabama. But now he's in a standoff. And during the standoff, he demanded to speak to the sheriff and threatened to shoot himself in the head. He asked for a pack of Marlboro cigarettes and a sun drop soda before he surrendered. Right? I mean, <laughs> gotta have them Marlboro. Gotta give me them reds. Right? Gotta, That's gotta crazy. Gotta get that voice right. <laughs> well, I mean, he knew he was going back to prison. Yeah. Right? In 2019, White was convicted on multiple charges over the rampage, including attempted murder of his ex-girlfriend. And he got 75 years in prison. So that's what kind of guy we're dealing with here. Yeah, real winner. Well, you know, I guess you could say walks the walk and talks the talk when yeah, it comes yeah, but to when, You know, when you attach yourself up with swastikas and shit, you're pretty much not going to get a job uh, as a – whatever as an accountant right i mean you're you're in for the thug life he's proven it and he has no he has total disregard for the law and anything going on with it yeah so he's right where he belongs and while serving this 75 he's the the reason they build bloody angolas yeah that's right and so while serving this sentence uh, of 75 years, he's also awaiting a trial for the 2015 stabbing and murder of a 58-year-old mother of two named Connie Ridgeway. Now, shortly after he got locked up for that 75-year stint, he provided a confession for that particular uh, murder. Now, she was 
found stabbed to death in her apartment. This was in Rogersville, Alabama, on the 23rd of October of 2015. The case went unsolved for five years until White sent a letter to the Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office confessing to the crime. During a subsequent interview with authorities, he allegedly gave details about the crime that had not been made public and which the only only the killer y'all would have known. Now, mm-hmm. prosecutors say he was paid to carry out that hit. So, got to make a living. Got to make a living. Mm-hmm. And, and look, he's only, you know, his whole life, that's how he right. generated money, I'm sure. So in 2020, he was charged with two counts of capital murder. Now, after confessing to the murder in which he initially pled guilty, he changes his plea to not guilty by reason of mental illness. Yeah, see how that works out for him. Yeah, and and primarily because they were going for the death penalty right. if he was yeah. convicted yeah. in that case. So there's no way at that point he's going to plead just straight up guilty. Yeah. Now, if that's not enough to paint a picture of how evil this guy is, there's also the mysterious disappearance and death of his 2008 girlfriend. Casey White's then-girlfriend back in 2008, Christy Shelton, was shot in the chest by a sawed-off shotgun inside an Alabama home belonging to White's mother. Mm, that's the same mother he beat the shit out of. Same one he beat the shit out of. And, and Miss Shelton, who was 31 at the time, died at the scene. Now, White was in the home with her at the time of the shooting, but somehow Woody was ruled out as a suspect. Nah, I don't get that. You know, not with his history, right? Right, right? Back then, officials ruled the 31-year-old deaths as a suicide, and the case was closed. So he probably made it look like a suicide sure, somehow. Yeah. Uh, Miss Shelton's family, of course, always doubted that version of events, and it was never solved. So that that is uh, the crimes Casey White was convicted of and the ones he still faced justice for in 2022 when the incident we're about to tell you about took place. Yeah, and it's just a long, long storied history of being a piece of shit. His whole life. A hardcore piece of shit. Start out beating like his mother beat. and, his, yeah. and his brother. Yeah. I mean, it just... The gift that keeps on giving, right? And uh, but again, that's why we build prisons for murders and pieces of shit like this. But let me tell you about the other side of this story, okay? And that is about Miss Vicky White. Um, now listen, they they have the same last name, y'all, her and Casey White, but they're not related at all, okay? The they were not that weren't married, not blood related, nothing, just chances. I guess White's a pretty common name. But Vicky White was a total opposite of Casey. At fifty six years old, Vicky White was almost uh getting ready to retire from her career as a correctional officer. Um Rick Singleton, the sheriff in Lauderdale County, Alabama, was quoted as saying she was a model employee. And all of her co-workers, all the employees in the sheriff's office, the judges, and all had the utmost respect for her. Now, Vicki White was a widow with no children and never had so much as a speeding ticket in her entire life. She was clean as a whistle, right? And she was, she was five feet five and weighed 145 pounds. Now, we told you about him, six foot nine, 330. And, but, Vicki, in 1997, she joined the Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office, and she went on to become the, the office's assistant director of corrections. So that's, you know, that's saying something, especially for yeah. a female, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's a big deal. 
Um, in 2002, she and Tommy White got married. Now, that's not Casey White, y'all. That's her husband. They got married, and she was six six years younger than him, and they raised cattle on a, on a farm, and she later left him when his uh, drug problems got out of hand in 2006, and she divorced him, okay? But she was so respected and well-liked, uh, in fact, that between 2015 and 2022, her peers voted her as supervisor or employee of the year four times. Wow. I mean, she was she was just jam up. Uh, after her divorce and her husband, Tommy, she remained friendly with him. And in January 2022, he died from the complications related to Parkinson's disease. Mm. So, I mean, she's she's getting ready to retire. She's. 56 years old. She's put in on almost her 30 years. She's risen as high as she can get uh, um, in, in corrections. Uh, minus Sam's a warden, I guess. The, then she's like by everybody. Yeah. And and just a, a stand-up citizen in all, all aspects. Total opposite of what the other guy, right? right. So, so now I know you're wondering. You're probably saying to yourself, what happened and how the hell – did these two completely different individuals just get intertwined? Yeah. Well, in 2020, uh, while serving out his sentence at the William E. Donaldson Correctional Facility, which is in Jefferson County, Alabama, Casey White came into contact with Vicki White. And let me tell you how they came into contact. So he was at a state prison, but they would transfer him to her jail right. whenever he would have court appearances. Right, right. So he would go, yeah, he'd go to the, get transferred to the jail. He'd see Miss White and he mm-hmm. wanted to get him a little something, something, probably right. wink at her or right. whatever. And look, this is a big dude now. And it, he ain't blended in nowhere. Yeah. And I'm sure he started out, he floated her a little wink or something and she didn't reject it. Uh-oh. So that opens up his can of worms like, mm, every time I'm going down, I'm going to try to lay a little smack down on this girl. That's right. So, and even be honest with you, the, you, I mean, I'm totally confident in my sexuality. I can say this, but, but it, I think you look at a six foot nine guy that's 330 pounds, and you think, gotta think everything was big on that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he probably got 14. He, he had a an 14 anaconda in, in his pants. Yeah, he had 14 inch <laughs> anaconda, but he didn't fold it in half for anybody. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, and I'm sure she was thinking the same she's thing at the time. So she's been gone with her husband for a while. I mean, you know, yeah. So that's Dale So they would see each other, and and you know, speculation now is that the the flirting started, and she started calling him. She would call him at his state prison, and they just shoot the breeze. And it, look, yeah, that's this yeah. became a two year thing. Yeah, but when, once I submit to you on that first phone call, yeah, this is gonna be a shitty. Yeah, yeah what are you wearing? That was that was what that question was on that first phone yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you is, it, is it is it red panty night? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh <my laughs> that might have been the second phone call. Yeah, yeah it might have been the second. I mean, but it, the very fact that he got her to cross that that line of calling me, now I'm sure you know they say this is a collect call from an inmate at Correctional Center. Da, 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 mm-hmm. and she had to take the charge. That's right. So they start this kind of phone thing and visiting thing and it becomes a two-year ordeal uh as a matter of fact during the next two years uh 
you know, they formed a relationship and other inmates and look, inmates talk and inmates after the fact, after all the dust settled in this case became obvious, uh, they came forward and said, you know, he would get extra food and special privileges from uh, Casey White every time he was at that jail and they were pissed, you know, and uh, but they're not going to ride out the six foot nine, 330 pound Uh beast for sure. Now, in the months and weeks leading up to what will become his escape from prison, uh, aided by Vicki White, and of course, unbeknownst to officials, Vicki was preparing. Right. Vicki announced plans to retire on April 29th, 2022, which incidentally, y'all, was the same day of the escape. Yep. She sold her home on April 18th of 2022 for $95,550. Now, that's important because it was well below the market value of 235000 yes, She wanted that quick money. She wanted that she quick had, money. She had a plan. Yeah, first person that looked at it, what if I charge you 95000 right, They were right. like, okay. Yeah. And uh, she ended up selling it for a third of its value. She then moved in with her mother, Pat Davis, for about five weeks after selling that home. And she took started taking money out of the bank. She right, had num- right. a number of different banks. She was taking cash out of everywhere. So she was preparing. And she even went shopping for men's clothing mm-hmm. at a local department store, Woody Everton. Then she goes to the adult store. Yeah, but the men's clothing, I mean, she had to look in the big and tall section. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 You had to get some probably some special yeah. Special stuff there, but she goes to the adult store even and buys lingerie and sex mm-hmm. toys. We had to put on the kinky yeah. music, right? Yeah, and this is all going on the weeks before the uh the actual escape. And she even purchased it, which would become an important point, a two thousand seven Ford Edge that was orange under a false name. Right. So now we set it up for you, right? You know who he is what he's about, you know, who well, the two faces that she put on, the professional face, and then now she's got one thing anaconda face. <laughs> the, uh, and she's lying, lying in it all. And he's telling her to do all this. But, you know, that thing at 95000 well, we can get by, have some good times on that. But on April 28, 2022, Vicki White stayed at a Quality Inn Hotel in Florence, Alabama. It was this day that she positioned the orange Ford Edge at a parking lot about 10 minutes from the detention center. Okay, mm-hmm. So on the day of the escape at 9.30 a.m., Vicki White told another deputy that she planned to take Casey White to a mental health evaluation in court and then would seek medical attention because she wasn't feeling well. And while the jail policy states that inmates are always accompanied by two deputies because – She's who she was, Vicki White, and everyone loved and trusted her. No one even second-guessed her decision. Mm. Uh, that's that's really using your power and your authority and your reputation. So Vicki White then took Casey White, who's wearing an orange jumpsuit and shackles, uh, and got him, put him in a patrol car, and she drove away. As they left the prison, a Florence City Council member, Bill Griffin was outside shooting a commercial for his council district, and he saw Vicky drive past him with Casey White in the back seat. Well, not not unusual, right? Um, Griffin knew White and waved at her, and she waved back to him twice before 
driving off. Yeah. Right? Just a day at the office. <laughs> so she drove the patrol car from the detention center to a nearby shopping center parking lot and left the vehicle there. They then got into the uh, the orange Ford Edge that had been left there the night earlier and drove away. The patrol car was found abandoned in the parking lot around 11 a.m. by someone on a lunch break. Mm. So imagine that, right? Yeah. So yeah, when we say patrol cars, even every jail or prison, uh, especially sheriff's offices, they have uh, jail units. It looks just like a patrol car, like a uniformed deputy patrolling in, but they have jail units that they they can transport one inmate at a time or go do whatever jail functions they need to do. So that's what she did in this case. Um. Officers at the jail became concerned and tried to call her, right? But her phone kept going straight to voicemail. Then, then they realized that Casey White had not been returned to the jail. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, the Ford Edge was found locked and abandoned in the middle and abandoned in the middle of the road in Williamson County, Tennessee, about a two-hour drive north of Lauderdale County. Unaware of its origin, a, a tow truck driver. Uh, Robert Keynes transported the vehicle to a local tow, tow lot. At about 3.30 p.m., officials realized Vicki and Casey White were missing. Now, y'all remember when she bought the Ford Edge, she did it under her assumed name. So they couldn't, it's not tied to her. Uh, once they realized that Vicki and Casey were missing, the Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office put out an alert on their Facebook page just before six o'clock in the evening. Wow. And you know, you can imagine the panic y'all. This guy was a stone cold killer. He just escaped your jail. And I mean, he is the worst of the worst. So, you know, there's probably going to be violence at some point. Now, in addition, you're, you're assuming Vicky is a victim, right? You're, you're, nobody is thinking at this time, Vicky helped this guy escape. They're all thinking he must've overpowered her or got out of his handcuffs or something. Uh, so you call the cavalry, right? And that's just what they did. On May 1st, the U.S. Marshals offer up a, to a $10,000 uh, reward for information leading to the capture of Casey White. And Vicki White was described as missing and endangered. And, y'all, and, and so in case you don't know, anytime there's an escaped inmate or convict, um, the U.S. Marshals, they have a specialized division just in, in, in tracking down escapees. So you, everybody else would have been looking for him. Also, the sheriff's office and all the state police and everywhere. But when you call in the U.S. Marshals, this division, that's all they do is eat escapees. Yeah. So they start, as Woody said, they start investigating, and they and they figured out. They figured out pretty fast. As a matter of fact, by the next day, they figure out that Vicky White was somehow involved in aiding him in this escape. So on May second, a warrant is issued for Vicky White charging her with permitting and facilitating escape in the first degree. So yeah. something happened. Well, I'm sure they figured out that, that he actually didn't have a doctor's appointment. She made all that shit up. Absolutely. Uh, and some other things. Uh, actually, uh, she and Casey White were caught on camera as yeah. well, which in reality, look, that was going to happen sooner or later. People don't realize it, but all of us are on camera. Exactly. An average y'all, you, you, Whoever's listening right now, all of you, you're on average on camera an average of 70 times per day, whether it's going in and out of stores, pumping gas, sitting at red lights. That's what I'm considering the Chinese spy balloons. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, the particular video of the two that kind of tied it in for them shows Vicki White driving the patrol car straight from the detention center to the parking lot where it was found. She made no stops in between, and that was an indication to police that there was some planning involved. Right. Uh, so on May 3rd, the Marshal Service releases images of the orange Ford Edge that the fugitives were last seen driving, what they picked up in the parking lot. So they right. left the patrol car. They got in the orange Ford Edge. And uh, the marshals added a $5,000 reward for information leading to the capture of Vicky White. So it's wow. up to 15000 now. Yeah. Uh, the subject should be considered armed and dangerous and may be armed with an AR-15 rifle or a shotgun, the marshal's office also it, reported. And that would have been out of the, the marked unit, y'all, the jail unit. They keep them in the trunk. So it was at this point and still not discovered by police that Casey and Vicky ditched the Ford Edge and they pay $6,000 cash for a Ford F-150. It is also at the at this time that they purchase a Cadillac and they continue their escape with one following the other into Indiana. Interesting. Yeah. So, look, this this was actually well planned. Right. Uh, so just to set the scene for y'all, there's panic now. The, mm -hmm. this guy is, is as bad as they get. He's on the loose. Now you've got a, uh, former employee on the loose with him. Cause oh, she, I'm sure she got fired quick. Right. Um, and Casey and Vicki white drive that car into a car wash in Evansville, Indiana. Man, which, that's a long ways from Alabama. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, in their last location before that 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 was known was tennessee a place called williamson county which was 175 miles north of right. uh of evan or south of evansville and, and then to indiana is a long way from there yeah so period they're, they're making he's smart they're making they're putting in miles and the more miles in the the less news coverage and all that there you go so they they pull into that car wash they leave the F-150 sitting in the car wash stall, and they get into the Cadillac, right. and they drove away from the car wash. Now, at this point, law enforcement still assume they're in that orange Ford Edge. Right. right. Well, they what they did not know uh, was that the tow truck driver had towed the Ford Edge two days earlier after it was left in the middle of a roadway. Um, when he saw a news report on May 5th looking for that vehicle, he recognized it, and he called the cops um, and told them where was what tow yard was in, and he brought them to it. Uh, the U.S. Marshals found the Ford Edge in the tow lot and confirmed it was the one used by Vicki and Casey White. On May 8th, a few days later, another big break in the manhunt took place when investigators were notified about the Ford F-150 abandoned at the car wash and its possible connection to the fugitives uh, after the curious car wash attendant viewed surveillance video to try and find out who left the truck in his car wash and then recognized fugitives. Naturally. And, and they're yeah. pretty easy to recognize. Remember, it's Anaconda and, <laughs> and Shorty. All right? And so on May 9th, U.S. Marshals released images dated May the 3rd 
from the Evansville car wash surveillance camera of a man believed to be Casey White in the Ford F-150. Uh, y'all, they're also establishing what direction they're headed, basically, right, and that they're swapping vehicles. And the car wash surveillance video showed the suspects leaving the F-150 and getting into that Cadillac. So now they know what they're right. driving, at least at that point. Right. So at this point, the Evansville police, where the two were last seen, had the Cadillac burned into their brain, and they were looking everywhere for it. And an Evansville police officer spotted the Cadillac vehicle at a Motel 41 and alerted other investigators. They began the surveillance of the motel and observed Vicki and KC White exiting the motel and getting into the Cadillac. So police began to pursue the Cadillac, and the fugitives fled north on U.S. Highway 41 in Evansville in the Cadillac. In the pursuit, Casey White and Vicki White drove onto a grassy field and parking lot near an industrial area of the city. A law enforcement officer rammed a vehicle into the car, flipping it onto its side in a ditch. Mm. It's like movie shit. You can't yeah. even make this up, right? Yeah, and this is the Evansville, Indiana police. Right, I mean, right. that, that's called a pit maneuver, and maybe they didn't do it correctly. They flipped a Cadillac, dude. And then, uh, <laughs> So officers reached the duo in the car, and they took Casey White into custody and found Vicki White with a gunshot wound Uh-oh. to the head and what investigators believed at the time to be a self-inflicted or suicide, y'all. She died in a hospital that night from her injuries. Um, the Indiana, Indiana coroner's officers ruled the death as a suicide. During the arrest, Casey White referred to Vicki White as his wife and said... He did not shoot her. They were not believed to have been married. Talking about Vicky. Yeah. He just called them. Yeah. yeah, They weren't legally. Well, hell, he might have got like me. I'm an ordained minister and through the thing or whatever. And and he might have married them in the hotel room. It's funny. It's not the Motel 6. It was the Motel Motel 41. Motel 41. That's only the best for that guy. Right. So uh, investigators found that, found four handguns. A semi-automatic rifle, three magazines, not, now that's not GQ magazines. That's mag, people commonly refer to them as clips, magazines with bullets. Um, they found wigs and about 29000 cash in the vehicle. Casey White spoke for a lengthy period with, with investigators and said that they had planned to have a shootout with the police. The fugitives had been staying at the Motel 41 in an attempt to lay low for a while, and it paid for a 14-day stay after paying a homeless man 100 bucks plus the room cost to book the room for them. So they had somebody else book it for them. Yeah. Now, let me tell you a something. A homeless man at that. Hey, this. Anytime I had a bolo for somebody that might be in my area, guess where I'm going to check first? The Motel 41 or whatever <laughs> my local one is in right. Albany. It was the Albany whatever. I mean, it's you, you're going to cruise those places first. But they didn't know was cops had the Cadillac. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean if they didn't have the Cadillac, they'd have got away with it. They yeah. didn't have the Cadillac on video like you're talking about. We're all on video so many times. That's right. Today. That was a big key. So yeah. there were a lot of be a, a lot of questions to be answered, especially in regards to Vicky's death. So we're gonna play the nine one one call for you. Now, one thing we didn't tell you yeah. in what we just told you was that right before the the uh Cadillac got rammed Vicky placed a 911 call. However, the the operator picks up 
Mm-hmm. And she doesn't respond to the operator. You know, they pick up, they say, 911, what is your emergency? Right. Uh, normally, someone would say, I'm in a chase with the cops or right. something. We don't want them shooting at us. Uh, she doesn't respond to that. It sounds like someone that would have dialed the phone in their lap and just left it sitting there so the operator could hear what was going on. Yeah. Uh, this is my impression, but I'm going to I'm gonna kind of let you uh, gather your own impression. So right now, we're going to play that audio for you. This is Vicki White calling 911. Oh, so you hear things in that audio like wait stop airbags are going to go off and kill us soon you hear a loud noise now, the first of it, at least four loud noises to happen in about 15 seconds. And it's unclear in each instance what the noise represent. And it's kind of unclear from the audio when the car was rammed, when it rolled over, and when the gun was fired. You do hear a woman, which is Vicky, saying, God, airbags are going to go off. Let's get out and run. And she even mentions a hotel. Right. The second noise you hear, you hear kind of shriek and at least two more noises follow followed by another shriek you can hear sirens in the background but this is the question i want y'all to ask yourselves and that i certainly asked was if you're about to kill yourself you're not worried about airbags going off you're certainly not worried about getting out and running so i kind of call bullshit on that and you wouldn't have dialed 911 and you wouldn't doubt, yeah. I call I, bullshit. I, I personally think what you're, uh, I think what you're thinking is at some point in our pursuit, she realized, holy shit, he's going to kill me. Yeah. But, um, and I want want nine one one to at least be able to listen to it. Yeah. And the basically what you just played is Vicky from uh, voice from the grave saying, oh, I mean she naturally she knew she was culpable in all this. Yeah. And then at some point she realizes, holy shit, he's going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, I mean, you may be a hundred percent correct. Uh, but while Casey has not been charged with pulling the trigger against Vicky, he is being charged with felony murder in connection to the death of Vicky White, and he's been indicted. The indictment says Casey White is responsible for Vicky's White's death because it happened during Casey White's escape. Well, I get that, and that's a whole lot easier to prove than uh, um, the fact that he killed her in a car, but. I'm seeing he killed her in a car. So y'all want to read you a news release from the Lauderdale County, uh, Alabama's D- district attorney. So this news release is, is, is titled Casey Cole White indicted for the felony murder and the death of Vicki White. July 12, 2022. On July 6, 2022, a KPS warrant was issued for the arrest of Casey Cole White for the offense of felony murder regarding the death of Vicki White. The warrant was issued based on a grand jury indictment. 
White, who is in the custody of the Alabama Department of Corrections, serving a 75-year sentence due to the convictions from Limestone County, was served with a warrant yesterday at Donaldson Prison. He is also charged with capital murder for the 2015 murder of Connie Ridgway. The felony murder indictment alleges that during the course of an in furtherance of committing escape in the first degree, White caused the death of Vicki White, who died from a gunshot to the head. As are all criminal defendants, White is presumed innocent of the charge. No further information will be released by this office at this time. Chris Conley, Lauderdale County District Attorney. And that's that's pretty interesting because even though they, they're still saying uh, that she killed herself, they're saying because of his involvement with her, that was almost the cause well, of it. It's the same thing. It's like if you and I, uh, I go to rob a bank and you're driving a car and I kill somebody inside the bank, you're getting, you're getting the murder charge also. Yeah. I mean, but, or, I mean, in this case, because of, you know, the pursuit and whatever, uh, she, she wouldn't have been in that situation. Right. Uh, right. So yeah. Very, he, he very. Very interesting. And and one thing I will throw in here is a little caveat and a fun fact for y'all. Um, the Motel 41 yeah. that you brought up, get this. <laughs> this is uh, six months after that murder. It was completely booked up the same room that they stayed in uh, for all that time. Yeah. Uh, yes. People love it. Yeah. I want Casey White's room. Right. 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 And, and they could actually say that they slept oh in Casey, God. Casey White's room that's, that's, at the motel 41. That's crazy. That's like, the so the motel 41 was loving it. Uh, they're probably still loving it. <laughs> probably they're, still they're really going to love it after this episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so go check out the motel 41. <laughs> I think that's like, maybe they'll sponsor bloody Angola. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> they can give us a free room when we come to yeah. the Casey White room. We'll do a TikTok. The Casey White honeymoon suite. The uh, <laughs> very unique story. It, it really is. Every day. And think about all the ones, especially Angola, the, um, where these people, 6,000 of them, you know, certainly a certain percentage have to be masterminds and master manipulators. I've dealt with a lot of them, like David Constance. I mean, he, he's not as dumb as he looks. He, he looks like a little troll, but the dude's a genius, not formally educated, but he's a genius on playing people. Yeah. Right? And, and they, it happens. Correctional officers are banging inmates. Correctional officers are the largest um, reason that inmates get contraband, whether it's, it's, cell phones or dope or whatever. And you can get more dope in prison than you can on the street. Yeah. And it's probably cleaner, less fentanyl. Yeah. Um, but the sex part, everybody's here because two people screwed, right? Yeah. And everybody on this earth. And they just happen to find the vulnerable ones. And that's right. And you do what they do. You may wonder what, you know, what's next for Casey White. I mean, he, yeah. he lived, he's back in jail. Well, in August of, of this year, 2023, he'll finally go on trial for the 2015 rampage that we told right. y'all about, yeah, you know, in that, in that particular instance, he's charged with uh, killing two people. And as Woody discussed earlier in this podcast, uh, he will most assuredly, spend the rest of his life right. if not get, get the death penalty for some that. people just don't i mean like a rabid dog need to be put down because if he gets out he's up he's proven if he ever gets out yeah. he's going to kill 
and and maim and and do whatever. This dude's definitely living for the moment. They weren't planning on. You know, they found twenty six thousand dollars out of the ninety five something she sold her home for. The uh, he's he's living for the moment and the and they, he planned on shooting out with cops anyway. He's like, I'm yeah, gonna, and he I'm told him that in interviews best. after. I'm yeah. going to shoot it out with y'all. I'm going to kill as many of y'all as I can, but basically he wanted to get killed, too. That's right. And he would want to be that badass motherfucker, right? Yeah, and the thing is, what he he's even said uh, many times that had the vehicle not been flipped, yeah. uh, he would have had that shoot yeah. out. Yeah. Well, he just he, couldn't get out. He was he pinned in. Time to yeah. do it. So that, uh, that six-foot-nine... Three hundred thirty pound anaconda working yeah. against him, and that monster that, man, a uh, big dude. I don't know if I've ever met anybody. Well, Shaq, met, yeah, uh, I think it's a little bit taller than that, but that's a monster of a dude. Happens every. Think about this, so y'all, for every extreme case like this where they help them escape and all that. Think about all the correction officers that are getting laid every day by convicts that never get found out never get found out and and you mentioned Shaq I, look I'm, we're going to deviate just a second because I got a good Shaq story yeah. for y'all that I'm going to tell y'all y'all may like uh, for those of you that may not realize we we uh, record out of Baton Rouge Louisiana right. area and uh, of course Shaquille O'Neal Shaq played for LSU and back when he was in his college balls days, he was very well known around here. And, and much like uh, Casey White, and, it, and it's worth pointing out, those sized people stand out no matter where they're at. Right. So the first thing that I wondered with Casey White was he never would have been able to ever, ever, ever go in public anywhere for the rest of his life anyway, yeah. because he stands out like a sore thumb. Just look for the guy that's six feet nine inches right. tall uh, and with, with swats, tattoos with yeah i mean it, it would have been obvious so uh in that situation but back to my shack story i was in the mall and at the time i was dating a girl and she was like five feet tall literally um i was probably 17 at the time he might have been a sophomore at lsu um and we're walking through a mall in baton rouge and uh there he is. He's like looking at watches like right. in the in the breezeway there. And I was coming out of Dillard's with my girlfriend. And so I, I grabbed a Dillard. I asked the lady for a paper bag and a pen. Right. So she gives it to me. I told my, I told my girlfriend, I said, go get Shaq's autograph. Awesome. Go get. So she walks up to him and gets it. But y'all, Shaq is like 7'2". Right. Standing next to my girlfriend signing this thing. And this is before cell phone cameras, sadly. But I saw it in person. It was like a two-year-old standing next to a full-grown adult. Right. Yep, that was sure. the size difference and, and, between those two. And I got a couple I'll throw on you real quick. The um, same time I was at Shaq and Chris Shaq's and all of them. Right, oh, LSU. Yeah. I was at LSU. So Reggie's, which uh, we talked about on yep. the last episode of Real Life Real Crime Daily. It's where Madison Brooks was got overserved. That used to be called the Tiger. Yep. All right. And I lived in the first apartment right behind the Tiger, and I'd go to the Tiger every night. And uh, Shaq, I went up to – he was in the bar, and I went up and stood beside him. as like a mountain of a man. Yeah, to me. and Woody's tall. Yep, and I was, I'm 6'2". Yeah. Uh, uh, but fast forward, nobody, I don't think anybody knows this. Shaquille O'Neal was – is – or was a commissioned officer with the Killian Police Department. Now, I why I'll tell you why. It, they, not only did I have a house down there, but the he is a big diver, scuba diver. And yeah. he bought all 
the scuba diving equipment and the boat and everything for Killian Police Department. They're on the water down there on the Tickfall. Um, and he was instrumental in funding the dive rescue team and recovery team. Really? The Killian Police Department. Yep. And he's, he's dead with them. Super, wow. super cool guy. Down to earth, um, he's getting on, up there in age like me, yeah. and, and but it is what it is. Uh, one of the best. Now, how we got on that from Buddy and Gola? I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're talking about height, yeah, and, yeah, 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 and yeah. how these people stand out. And that yeah. was that was just a few little for me and Woody, yeah, but, but was, just an enormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. They absolutely would stand out on like that. But this dude took. It, I'm talking about Casey White. Took it to the whole next level. Yeah, on getting tatted up with racist tats. Right. And, 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 I mean, uh, who's going to come up to him and say yeah. shit? When you come up, you're going to be, you know, I mean, Shaq might have said something to him, but uh, uh, anyway. He is, he is Woody, the, the prime example that you can point to as someone who never, ever needs to be out of prison. Yep. Ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just right. a horrible They build day. prisons for that day. They build prisons for him. Patreon members, Thank you so much. Couldn't do it without I couldn't do it without you. Um, y'all, if you want to go be, a, if you want to be a Patreon member, it's a ton of episodes locked up, um, and, and you get commercial free early releases. And let me say this, uh, Woody, it, I had a, a few people reach out and, and I just want to explain this. It, they were asking, you know, with the regular episodes, we weren't dropping them every week. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I just want to explain and we appreciate, all of, look, I love it when people right. say, "Where's the next episode?" Right, I love right, that. Right. Uh, I want everyone to understand when you're a patron member, you don't you don't miss any weeks. Right. We're going to give you something, whether it's just Woody, whether right. it's just me, right. whether it's both of us. You're you know you're going to get extra and you're going to get bonus stuff. Um, sadly, this stuff is not free, right, and right. and uh, it is expensive for us to produce right. this podcast. It requires a lot of time, a lot right. of research, and so. You know, with the the regular feed that is just absolutely free, we we unfortunately have to limit what right. we can put out there. And you know, if we were to a point where Nike was sponsor us right. or something, yeah. man, look, we're we're <laughs> all over. It every day. Um, but but if your patron member is ten bucks a month, yeah. uh, for the starting tier, and you get episodes every well, week, well, just like even the the higher tiers of the um. I came in yesterday to record. You had a stack of packages that, that were going out. To oh, yeah. Our, our, the warden team the members. Warden team members. Yeah. I'll be looking for those. Uh, yeah, I've got some good, good little swag this time. So we give you a lot of benefits in that. And, and um, it's just a way to help us keep going. And we'll, we'll give back, whether it's in the form of the commercial free episodes or the episodes that nobody else is getting, the ones that are locked up. And look, there's some. Some of those I, I consider to be my favorite. Yeah, the ones that are locked up yeah. haven't been released to the public. That's right. So. We've got we've got probably about ten of those now. Yeah. That that yeah. if you if you're not a patron member uh, yet, look, you can go to the patron right now. Uh, it's ten dollars a month for that opening tier, right. and you got ten episodes in there you ain't never heard. And you get commercial free early releases, and yeah, basically you get episodes if if we have weeks to have. Well, That's right. And don't forget stuff. about the other things we do. Woody, how, real life, real crime daily, real life, yep, real crime, real life, real life, real crime daily. And I'm, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here first because yes. I won't be today. Thursday. 
Go ahead, let the cat out of the bag here first. Real Life Real Crime Daily has been such a success. We're about to take it from three days a week to four. Boom. Start That's a next big week. deal, y'all. Again, that yeah. means you're going to get either a Real Life Real Crime right. original or a daily every day of the week. Five days a week. And a Bloody lot. Angola. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it's That's a, right. It's a lot of recording. It's a lot of time. But you know what? The numbers don't lie. And y'all are the best fans in the world. And we appreciate you. That's right. Um, we love doing it. And we and, love doing it. And, uh, and and we just we're blessed. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget about the app. Uh Bloody Angola. You can get uh you can get episodes straight through the app. Yep. Um, That's the Real Life Real Crime Community app. The Real Life yeah. Real Crime Community app. So you can download that on on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also do it on uh, Google, whatever Google's for Android. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Google Play Store. Yeah, you just go to, you go to the App Store and download it. Yeah, so that realize. that makes it easy, y'all, it and and helps uh, you us, can get it there. Um, respond to everybody in one place. And I, I mean, we just have so much other social media; it's almost impossible now. That's right. But, but hey, but it's a good problem to have, Jim. Yeah, we y'all are y'all are a great complain. problem to have. We love you. We love you very much. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman, and I'm Woody Overton, your host of Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making, the complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace. I walk a straight line, shackled and chained. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hillstring Gang, Wrangle the Three. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.